0: Thank you. Good morning, good evening, and good night, my terrible listeners. You're tuned in to Terrible Sex with Nassim. I'm producer Dan, and each week I have the honor of bringing you registered nurse, aspiring sex educator, polyamory enthusiast, and true woman of the people, Nassim. She tells us stories, answers our questions, and helps us feel more comfortable around our world's infinite variety of sexuality. Send your questions, your comments, and especially your voicemails to Naseem. This show is best when you're involved. Contact info is on her website at terriblesexwithnaseem dot com. Hey, Naseem. Hi, Dan. How's it going? Oh, it's
1: it's been a week. Uh, it's a lot has been going on. Um, oh. Yeah, uh, you know, I've been working a lot. Um, and uh, I, ma- I made kind of a big announcement over the weekend, Ooh. um, in my personal life. Uh, you know, we have this podcast where I talk very candidly about my polyamory and my sex life. Um, but I'm not actually really like out in my personal life. Okay. Um, like my family knows, but it's not something that we like really talked about. Right. And over the weekend, I made the decision to post publicly on Facebook about my lifestyle. And I got a lot of positive
0: feedback from people. I saw a post of yours on the Facebook.
1: Yeah. Um, and But there's also been not backlash per se, but just some... Just some things that I've had to deal with and, like, think about. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, maybe I didn't approach it in, like, the best way. And so I'm kind of – I've been doing a lot of introspection and thinking a lot about, you know, how I could do things differently. Um, And, you know, making sure that I'm maintaining positive relationships in my life. and. Um, you know, just trying to be a a better person with how I communicate with people, and okay. uh, that's just that's just sort of been like what's been going on. <laughs>
0: um, well, for the record, and I guess this is all on the record because we're recording all of this. I found that post to be totally reasonable, all about you and your own feelings and your own relationships and. Quite frankly, about as benign a coming out post as one could post.
1: Yeah, I thought so too. Um, I just think that um, maybe there were some people who weren't prepared, and I could have done a better job at preparing people um, for what I was about to say. And, you know, there's these, are, these are people close to you. Yes, um, people close to me. And I think that it's important to, you know, it's one thing to be your true self and, um, you know, announce things and be and live your most authentic life. But it's also really important to consider how that may affect people. And, um, not to say that you should hide or, you know, change who you are, But just have some consideration. And I failed to do that. And to those people, if they're listening, they're probably not. But if they are, you know, I'm sorry. I'm going to be saying a lot of sorries today. Uh, This is going to be kind of, in my mind, a heavier episode than we normally have. Um,
0: I don't know. YG last week was pretty heavy.
1: Waji last week was very heavy, but he was also very charming and very so, funny. What, what
0: and, you're saying is this isn't going to be funny and charming.
1: Yeah, no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, if you are needing a pick me up this week, maybe skip it for later. <laughs> um, so, but I also think it's really important, and it's meant. It's something that has been weighing heavily on my heart and my mind for a very long time. Um. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about trying to be a better person and you know do the right thing going forward in my life. and I have this podcast with you, and you know I, I give out advice, but I'm not perfect, and i I'm not now, and I certainly haven't been in the past, and I can speak for I think I can speak for everyone when I say that I've made some mistakes and I'm going to talk about one of those mistakes today.
2: Well, shit, let's go.
1: Yes. So, this is a hard one for me. Um, So, I was in college. And I had a pretty close-knit group of friends um, in college. Um, I did theater. When I was an undergrad. That you was actually have, what my
0: You should have seen the way her eyebrow went up when she said, I did theater. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh I was a theater kid in high school and in undergrad. That's actually what my first degree was in. Nursing is a was definitely a life change for me later on. That's what um, all actors in, do. In, in adulthood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we tend to uh start off uh doing something creative and following our passion. And then at some point, not everybody, but at some point, especially someone like me was like, you know, some stability would be nice. So let's, uh, let's become a travel nurse where I have a different contract every three months anyway. (laughs) So uh, I had a a pretty close knit group of theater friends. um, And I hung out with uh, a group of women um and i spent a lot of time at their house and i was at a party at one of these at their house uh this one night and uh i believe it was my friend's birthday and i think she, it was actually the night she had like a kink bdsm themed birthday party and it was totally be- benign there was like nothing going on people just like dressed up in like leather and you know we played spin the bottle like it was very right. very
0: very pg 13 like like very pg like a cartoon Um, like junior high version of a kink party
1: yeah and we were like 21 years old but (laughs) a junior high party where we like could legally drink so um and i i think it was the same night um we had a lot of parties at that house so i could be blurring them together and and i used to spend the night at their house a lot uh mostly because i was too lazy and too tired most of the time to walk the three blocks back to my place. <laughs> well, it was a so, long walk. Yeah. So uh, I, I spent many a night on their living room couch. <laughs> um, and on this particular occasion, there were a lot of people over. And there was uh, a guy at this party. Um, and I didn't know him very well. I went to a very small school. Everybody kind of knew everybody. And I recognized him. And I knew his name. And we had run in similar social circles. But he, like, wasn't a personal friend of mine. He was, like, a, an acquaintance adjacent, kind of. Okay. And we are at this party. We're drinking. And I also want to say, even though we had been drinking alcohol and maybe some other kinds of drugs were partaken at this party. That's not an excuse for what happened. Okay.
0: Um, it never is. It never is. It often is, but it never is.
1: It never is. Um, but I'm just setting up kind of like the
2: background.
0: I'm with you.
1: And this guy, um, and I start talking and we end up on the couch together and it's a little fuzzy for me exactly like how we ended up on the couch but we end up laying on the couch next to each other and um, it's everybody is gone it seems like everyone else has left the party I there may have been like another couple people maybe passed out on the floor. My friends were upstairs in their bedrooms. It's nighttime, party's over, you know, we're all crashed out. And I was feeling good and I felt like this other person was also feeling good. And we were cuddling and in my mind at the time i was again not an excuse but the person i was then was definitely someone who was very self-conscious and very much seeking the validation of men and felt and i didn't have the knowledge or the education or the self-esteem to understand that like
2: one i didn't need that and two just because i'm
1: a, f- a a woman doesn't necessarily mean that a a man is going to want to have anything to do with me do you see what i'm saying like it sure. was very i i thought well oh all guys want this so I had a very, like, prebubescent, very immature view of sex and sexuality. Most 21-year-olds do. Sure, yeah. And I thought, well, if I just throw myself at somebody, they're obviously going to, like, want that. So we're cuddling on the couch. And I got handsy with this person. And, like, they were kind of caressing me back. Like, they had their hand on my hip and whatnot, but I went for it. I, you know, put my hands down his pants. And we did not have sex. It was very much like groping under the blankets kind of a thing. And that was the extent of it. Um, There was nothing more than that but that doesn't necessarily mean that it was
2: that doesn't necessarily mean it was consented to by this person um sorry hey, take your time but i didn't realize that at the time so it's the next morning
1: uh, he's gone, or I left early, one of the two, and we go to the – I we st- still had a meal plan at the college, so I go in for breakfast or something, and he's there in the cafeteria. And I think to myself, oh, this guy, I had a connection with him, I'm going to – it was, you know, casual, it was fun, whatever, I'm going to go say hi and talk to him. And – I think we're like at the omelet station or something and I go up to him and I try to like joke around with him and say, Hey, and like, what's up? And, you know, have a casual friendly conversation and he is avoiding me. And I'm very confused by this. And then he just turns around and he slams his tray on the table and he looks at me and he yells at me. He's like, don't come near me. Never talk to me again.
2: Whoa. And I was so surprised by this. And I didn't understand
1: what happened until I really thought about
2: it. And I don't know for sure because I
1: never spoke to him again. I I I wasn't going to pry. This person just like yelled at me in the middle of a busy cafeteria to like not go near him and never fucking talk to him again. So the last thing I was going to do was to try and talk to him again about it. So, um, I was like, okay. He walked away. I went the other way and. I thought
2: about it and I'm like, I think I might have violated this person. I wasn't there. But I can't imagine such an extreme reaction after a
0: minor couch touchings.
1: But I don't know what was going on in his head. I don't know if he was – because I didn't know this person. I didn't know, like, what his relationship with sex was. I don't know what his background is, if he was religious, if he had – certain feelings about sex if he was even maybe he was questioning his sexuality maybe he was going to save himself maybe like there's all of these things that could have been happening in his mind and in his feelings that i didn't know and didn't even
2: think to ask um and i i take great
1: responsibility for for that And it's something that has weighed on me for the past 13 years. And I saw him around campus. I mean, this was our, this was the end of our time. So this was like the end of senior year. And we didn't really see each other and I was not about to approach him. Sure. Absolutely not. And I was too ashamed of my actions to talk to any of our mutual friends about it. Um, there have been so many times where I have looked him up on Facebook
2: and have wanted to, like, send him a message and apologize, but I just... It's a thing... It's a scary thing
1: to do. It's a scary thing to... One to admit that you may have done something wrong, and it's also a scary thing to like you don't want to trigger a person you don't want to like bring up a something that was a potentially bad part of their past and
2: because i don't know if it affected him later on in life i've I' have no idea and
1: It's, you know, it's not really for me to know. Like, this isn't really about me. Like, if I am a perpetrator in this, which it feels like that I am, if I'm a perpetrator, then it's not about me. Like, he's he's the victim here, and I shouldn't be interfering with his life. So, it's always been something that I've just carried and I've never talked about because I didn't know how to talk about it but I felt like this was in a, in a way an appropriate platform to just say
2: that like we I have made mistakes and I think a lot of us do
1: make mistakes and it's important to own those mistakes and I'm still trying to figure out how to do that And if you haven't figured that out yet yourself, that's okay, but it's important to really think about them and how you're going to make better decisions going forward.
0: Totally. And and frankly, for a 21-year-old, new to sexual experiences, I don't think that you necessarily did anything wrong in this scenario. You, you, But it, it might, you don't feel good because of the way he reacted the next day. And I'm not, you're not off the hook. I'm not, I'm no one to exonerate you of anything, but I don't think you did anything wrong. Now that you know what, you know, you could have done things differently and and better. And you know how to do things better moving forward. By verbalizing consent, but you listed off like 50 things that could have been going through this dude's head at the time that would make him react that way the next day. Maybe the way he reacted, the reason he reacted that way was because his girlfriend was three tables away from the omelet stand. Maybe that's why he was so upset. I don't know. You don't know. The only person that knows is him, but that seems like a pretty crazy reaction just from a mild hand job on a couch.
1: But the way I think about it though, too, is like, imagine if it was the other way around, if, if I was a man and he was a woman or he had done something like that to me, if he had groped me under the covers and I didn't say anything and then I blew up the next day, people would be, There is definitely a double standard here when it comes to gender and sex, and when it comes to consent and violation. Without a doubt. And I think that's another important thing to address. Like, women can be perpetrators. Sure. And men can be victims. And it's that's why I don't let myself off the hook.
0: Well, I just don't. It doesn't sound to me like you forced yourself on this individual. And that there was a power dynamic here that didn't allow this person to feel like they had the opportunity to say, no, thank you. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I wasn't in the room. You're a powerful woman. And I know that without a doubt, but part, part of that imbalance that you're referencing is, you know, a power dynamic that doesn't seem to have been in play from your telling of the story. Or my understanding of your telling. Again, I'm not trying to get you off the hook. If you want to feel bad, you feel bad. But I also know that one of the things, you know, I think one of the most important things about growing up, and I'm still doing it, uh, is, you know, we learn how we don't want to treat people. We do things, we see the way that it affects people. Even if we weren't intentionally doing that, doing, doing something negative to someone else, it wasn't intentional, but it ended up negative to someone experienced that in a negative manner. Well, now you can learn how you don't want to do things next time. You can't travel back in time. You can't undo stuff. But you can be better next time. So stop just forcing your hands down people's pants on couches, Nassim. For fuck's sake. <laughs> uh. You don't do that to people anymore.
1: that's true you definitely don't do that to people let that be a lesson to
0: all of our terrible listeners don't just go (laughs) shoving your hands and pants to people on couches without express consent your life will be better take it from Nassim take it from me don't
1: don't do what I've done um yeah so that that I mean that's the story that's that's it it's a short shorty but I felt like it was It has been something I have carried with me for a very long time. And where else but to share this
0: terrible story (laughs) than here. This this truly is a terrible sex story. And (laughs) and I could tell that it clearly, you clearly have some some real feelings about it. And uh, I think that that just proves that you're an, empathetic individual um
1: well i certainly try to be
0: and (laughs) and honestly man like i i'm i'm willing to put money on his girlfriend being three tables away
2: who knows
1: (laughs) who knows who knows um it's funny i i i i wonder about this kid all the time all the time, I wonder like what happened to him, and like he seems to be okay, but who the fuck knows? And um, you know, we had some mutual friends, and they're like, oh, "I don't know what happened to him," and I like, but I don't want to like tell the whole like, well, you know, it's possible that I like, you know, assaulted. S- send this him guy. the link to
0: this episode, and then next week we'll have him on. Oh yeah, exclusive, like, okay.
1: <laughs> exclusive. Um, no, let's let's definitely not do that. Uh, you know, but you know, if he does stumble upon this, man, um, one, I'm sorry. And two, what the hell happened? <laughs>
0: like, And three, are you still with your girlfriend that was three tables away from the omelets? <laughs> you are convinced <laughs> that that's what happened. Like, like, look, I've made out with girls that after that, I didn't feel like I wanted to make out with them again. I have never been in a situation where I would have reacted that way the next day unless there was somebody around that I didn't want to know about that I would still be a little smoother than like slamming my tray down and saying don't ever talk to me again
1: he was clearly upset it wasn't it didn't feel reactionary it felt like desperation like he was truly I had hurt this person
0: well he was desperate to not have his girlfriend find out (laughs) Oh, who knows? Who knows? knows? But take take a little easy on yourself. You haven't done it since then because you learned something. So
1: True. And that's all
0: we can do. That's all we can do.
1: And that's all, you know, and that's why I share the story, even though it's hard and it's personal, and I was so nervous. Um because, because we we do make mistakes and even if we don't understand them at the time i want people to be able to to learn i mean i hate to say this it sounds so corny but like to learn from me you know that's why i tell the stories that i tell the things that happen between in relationship is very complicated it can be very awkward and the, all we can do is to learn from them moment to moment and try and be better and to express ourselves authentically and honestly
2: and um, have good relationship with
0: people that's it that's all you can do yeah and just don't shove your hands down people's pants without expressing consent.
2: Don't shove your hands.
0: Because who knows what'll happen in the goddamn omelet line.
2: Uh, Who knows? That's all I got. It was
0: good. (laughs) It was good. It was it I I I laugh at you a little bit because it seems like your feelings about this scenario seem much larger than it feels like I think they should be. But your feelings are yours and they're valid and I hope you get to feel a little less pressure from this moving forward.
1: Thanks, Dan. And I
0: hope it's okay that I laugh at you a little bit.
1: It's always okay to laugh at me. (laughs) I'm a funny person.
0: (laughs) Well, I appreciate you and all the things that you share and all your goddamn experiences. Thanks.
2: I'm glad that
1: people give a damn and listen. Thanks, listener.
0: Heck yeah. Couldn't couldn't be here without you. No, we would be here, but it would be a lot harder to keep (laughs) doing this show without anybody writing in, without anybody sending emails, without anybody giving us feedback. So thank you to all of our terrible listeners. Yes. Speaking
2: of which, do we have any Uh, listener questions this week? Hell yeah, we do. Excellent. Let's get to it. Hey, Nassim.
0: I love my partner. We're physically affectionate and our best friends. And at the beginning of our relationship, we were all over each other, like constantly. After dating two and a half years, it just started decreasing to the point where I feel like sex is a chore. I can't come. Couldn't before either, but I still enjoyed myself. And I no longer get turned on by fantasizing about my partner. What do I do? I don't want to leave the relationship and I love him so much. And an open relationship wouldn't be accepted by either of us how do i get the attraction or spark back you
1: know this is a super common thing um because with familiarity i don't want to say things get boring um but things become familiar and they I'll don't say seem as and things as... can get boring <laughs> because you you know the person's body you can anticipate um and it becomes there's you're still attracted to them of course but things become less exciting because they're not new there's that so we're all chasing dopamine to a certain degree where which is the um it's the the neurotransmitter in our brain it's like our pleasure sign from
0: here on out we're just so, going to call it the dragon
1: <laughs> okay it's the <laughs> dragon we're ch- we're chasing the dopamine dragon and over time like anything you generally tend to need more of something to become excited by it um and if you're with the same person for a really long time um it's no longer this new spark this your brain's not lighting up in the same way as when it was a new relationship And that's fine. That's completely normal. So how do you get over that hump without, you know, expanding into different partners, which, you know, is an option. But if that's not going to work for your relationship, you can try things like experimenting with what you do in the bedroom You can experiment, like, with watching different styles of pornography together. You can try things that are new that you haven't done before, or maybe you were, like, a little afraid to do before. Like, I don't know if you're into more vanilla sex or if you want to try some some kink aspects out. Do some research. Always do your research. Um, Whenever you're trying anything new, um, get some good literature. Also. It's not always about the sex that can be what is exciting. If there's a trip that you've wanted to go on and you've never and you haven't done it yet, go take a trip. Go do an activity that's new. Um, go axe throwing. Do something that will physically bond you together. That's not sexual because that will. Maybe you can learn something new about your partner that will open your eyes to them and you'll see them in a new way. And it's like you're dating all over again. You're getting to know this person and it can light up that dopamine all over again. And then you can find them more physically exciting. Um, Have the conversation. Be honest. Say, hey, look, I love you. I love our relationship. You know, intimacy is not what it used to be what do you think would make you feel more satisfied and talk about that i really think you know go on dates with each other where it's the the intention is to discover something new about the other person um because it, it's it's not just about sex it's about you having a relationship that is going to continue to be exciting in every aspect for the duration and that will bleed over into the bedroom dan you've been married for a while do you have anything to oh, add
0: christ it's boring <laughs> no no that uh that was an absolute joke um and you know i think if sex feels like a chore take sex off the table you don't have to do sex like Uh, and by that, I mean like PNV traditional sexual activities. If that feels like a chore, stop doing it for a while. Just try some mutual masturbation. Try, uh, I don't know, just oral sex for a while. And if you're not coming from sex and that seems to be problematic and part of why it feels like a chore then find a way to come, find a way to get your partner involved. And just, if it feels like a chore and if it feels boring, don't keep doing the same thing and pretending it's okay. And two and a half years is a long time. Is the rest of the relationship great? Then, you know, it's worth figuring out this patch because two and a half years isn't much when it comes to a whole lifetime. But if after two and a half years, this is boring, and some other parts of your relationship uh, are getting boring, and this doesn't feel like a thing that you want to do for a long time. Well, maybe it's time to move on. It's okay. You had a good, you had a good run at two and a half years, and you can end the relationship if you want to. You don't have to stick around. But if the rest of the relationship relationship is worth it, then don't just keep doing what's clearly not working for you.
2: Yes. Excellent advice. You too.
0: Hey Nassim, I need some reassurance. I had sex with my girlfriend and finished inside her. I just need some reassurance that she will not get pregnant. She used Plan B an hour after. Her period is also in a week. I just want to make sure I'll be okay.
1: I mean, Plan B is incredibly effective. Um, and I'm assuming she was not on any other form of birth control. Plan B is incredibly effective. It has like a 90, I want to say it's like a 98% effectiveness rate. Um, 95 or 98, which is, you know, there is room for error, but it's pretty damn good. Um, I can't give you 100% reassurance hey i'm gonna
0: be honest listen, with you're you. on a podcast just tell them just tell them it's totally fine everything's gonna be okay let's move on <laughs> it's enough
1: of this yeah uh there's a chance but it's a very small one i mean you're talking to a person who has an implant and that is 99 percent effective like i don't ovulate and i still worry every time i have unprotected sex that i'm gonna get knocked up so but and if i think that it's fine you're probably Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh also Plan B is great as a plan B, but why don't you guys work together and figure out a plan A?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It cannot be plan B should not be used as standard form of birth control. Uh if you're gonna continue these kinds of activities, uh plan ahead. And either if she can get on some contraception, great. If not,
0: use a condom. Hey, Nasim, where do you prefer your male sexual partner to come? If you're being sexual with a guy and you're on birth control meds, where do you prefer where do you most prefer him to ejaculate when he comes during PNV penetration sexual lovemaking?
1: <laughs> PNV <laughs> penetration sexual lovemaking. Can yes, we just call yes, it that from Yes, that on? this is that
0: we that's the name of this episode
1: um so
0: (laughs) i love that
1: as dan's reading the question i'm
2: just like covering Uh, my face because it really (laughs) for me personally my my
0: mother-in-law is a religious listener of this podcast and that's all i can No, she's that's all i can think no she's not as i'm reading that question god bless her thanks for listening oh i love oh you god. and i'm sorry Is really
1: um i it depends it depends on the moment a lot of times it depends on the moment
2: um i <laughs> i <laughs>
1: I don't know why I'm, like, being so dodgy with this question because I'm such an open person. I really like facials, okay? <laughs> um,
2: <sighs>
1: I mean, does it burn when it gets in your eyes? Sometimes. Is it a little gloopy? Yes. But there's something very satisfying about getting jizz in your face. I don't know why. Um, but there... It's like if I'm having like a really emotional connection with someone, like if I'm feeling like really emotionally tied to someone where it's less fucking and more like <laughs> love making. I hate that word. <laughs> but like if if it's if it's really like truly like an emotional experience like I prefer them to come inside me. All right um yeah but if it's like just hot and heavy and just like dirty and like like let's get nasty like basically anywhere on my body like i really like it on my tits and i really like it on my face
0: next question (laughs) (laughs) hey you asked (laughs) i I loved it i loved there couldn't have been a better answer (laughs) hey Nassim, i have a problem It's the first time I've ever asked about this. I have a pornography addiction. I jerk off mostly in the shower or on the toilet or in bed. After every time I nut, I feel like fucking shit and I want it to change. I'm currently talking to a very beautiful girl and I don't want this to ruin our relationship. Do you have any tips?
2: Thank you. If it's
1: truly a pornography addiction that you are concerned with, There are some very informative, educated, and skilled mental health professionals. There are therapists that are – their whole thing is sex addiction and pornography addiction. If it is something that is truly concerning to you, I would seek out a mental health professional to – and I'm not saying that there's anything, not to say that there's something that you have a mental health condition if you like pornography. I'm saying if pornography is causing an impact, a negative impact on your life and your relationships, then seeking counseling is your best avenue.
0: That's absolutely true. And and I think what the reason, the reason I think that that's correct, I'm not telling you why you gave this answer, I'm telling you why I agree with this answer, is you know, he wrote that every time he does it, he feels like fucking shit. And he wants it to change. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with sitting at home and jerking off all day if that's what you love to do. You could do that. I did it when I was 14, almost all the time when I wasn't <laughs> in someone else's presence. And it was the best.
1: But if you're but you're right if you're having negative feelings about yourself and a negative self-image and you are having um concerns with how this is going to affect future relationships it sounds like it's something you need did.
0: to talk to a therapist, a therapist about and there's no and there's no shame in it No that. man let me tell you what I see a therapist weekly and it's the best uh, I have been doing it for a few years now and my life is so much better for it and now I don't jerk off all the time.
1: <laughs> Only when necessary. That, that, part,
0: that part was kind of a joke. But um, no, man, there's nothing wrong with seeing a therapist. And if you're compelled to do a thing that makes you feel like shit, well, go see a therapist and work it out with them. That's the best thing that you can do. And if you, you know, I don't, I don't know how old you are. If you don't have access to your own resources, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with talking to your parents and saying, hey, I'm going through some stuff and I would love to see a therapist. If you can do that, do it. Uh if you don't if you can't talk to your parents, you don't even have to tell them why. Just say I'm going through some shit, mom, get me a therapist. Um yeah. And if you don't have that as a resource, talk to your school counselor. Tell don't you know, again, you can say, "Hey, school counselor, how do I see a therapist?" Um there are there are resources available. Um use them. Get thee to a therapist because they they really are worth their weight in gold and totally worth the time and they really they're going to help guide you to goals that you that you want to set in your life and if the goal you want to set it's not even stop jerking off if your goal is to not feel like shit when you're done jerking off that's a totally worthy goal and totally worth taking the time to work on yourself to do
1: and like i said earlier there are therapists who specialize in this kind of work. Totally. And so, if so, there's you may be nervous and have certain feelings about it, but they will treat you with dignity and respect and will not shame you for these kinds of feelings that you're having.
0: Absolutely. And it has nothing to do with jerking off and everything to do with you feeling like shit after you do a thing that you're compelled to do. So, yeah. Get a therapist. It'll help. Hey, Naseem. Lately, it's been difficult to have a hard erection unless my girlfriend starts talking to me like an absolute slut and her being in different fantasy scenarios. Can you help me out? I'll have like a half chub until she starts talking like that. Then I become hard as hell. That's it. I don't, s- I don't see the problem here. Right. I mean, help
1: you out how? Do you... It sounds like you have discovered a fetish, and that's okay, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. You like what you like, and maybe it's something that you can explore further. Um, I would, honestly, I say lean into it.
0: Man, the beautiful thing about this question is that the girlfriend's already doing what you need her to do that she's into it yeah. and she's willing to go there for you. So good on you and good on her. You just make sure you return the favor. Ask, ask what she likes and what she wants to explore. So scratch her back too. Hey, Nassim, I'm uncomfortable with blowjobs. I want to give my boyfriend a blowjob and get turned on by the idea of it. But when I even look at his cum, I gag. Can you tell me some small tips that can help me get comfortable with it? I have past trauma, which I think is the reason I get sick at the cytocum. I really want to give him one. Please help.
1: Um, I think uh addressing your trauma
2: is going to
1: be the first step because if you ignore that, it's never going to be something that you can enjoy fully. Um I know this episode is like very much on the serious note, but uh, I, I think it's true. I think that if, if if I don't know what your trauma was, um, but addressing it and, you know, maybe you might need to talk to a counselor um, and kind of deal with that. Um, also, if you don't want to give a blow job, if it, if it grosses you out,
2: don't do it. Don't do anything you don't want to do. Yeah.
0: Or if you do want to give a blowjob, which you said turns you on or the idea of it turns you on, but you just get sick at the sight of cum, well, don't finish the blowjob on your face or in your mouth or anywhere you can see it. Yeah, you can. Con- yeah. Oh, that's great. Give start the blowjob.
1: But he doesn't have to finish from the blowjob. Right. There are other things you could do. Like if he's about to come, get off of him and he can finish himself and clean himself up. And, you know, then he can return the favor or he can start with you and, you know, go back to him. But the the blowjob does not have to be the beginning and end of the story. He, totally. You can start going down on him and have a good time for a while and then maybe he and then maybe you have you know V sex um as like the finisher that's perfectly acceptable yeah. too um if- you can have a you can have the blow he can have the blow job without it being like the whole piece of the puzzle the main event but i would i do recommend that you maybe address the the cum situation although you know cum as as much of a cum slut as i am like it is kind of gross like i understand like,
2: <laughs> not
1: like i understand not loving it like it gets like the texture the viscosity it can it can get pretty nasty pretty quickly once it's outside of the body so like i get it um So not loving it is also just like fine, like that's okay to not like it. Plenty of people don't like him, Um, but
0: I've got nothing else.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how to finish my sentence.
0: I think that was a plenty strong finish in a scene.
1: At least someone's finishing strong.
0: (laughs) And with that, should we should we call it an episode?
1: I think so. We're at fifty. Thanks for uh sticking around if you did for this heavy heavier episode um and i appreciate all of your words dan um and if you feel like you're in a situation where you have made a mistake in the past don't be afraid to reach out and it's
0: okay who me sounds like are you expecting an apology from me right now
1: i was talking to our oh. listeners daniel
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck did i do to unit it seemed- Uh, Just (laughs) tell me to show up to recording sessions on time Just be there at 8.30, that's all I ask
1: (laughs) I was trying to have a rule of touching and meaningful sign-off, it didn't
0: work (laughs) I just thought I was getting yelled at Well, I'm sorry I made it about me again That's okay But this was a great episode I liked it, and I appreciated your vulnerability I thought it was mildly endearing (laughs) Mildly Maseem wants all her terrible listeners to know that although she is a medical professional, she is not your medical professional. This podcast is not medical advice. If you want medical advice, please seek out your very own healthcare provider. Terrible Sex with the Maseem is part of the Terrible Podcast Network.